0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Hall of Justice Comic Cast. You got above-average Joe here, and we're doing things a bit differently this week because uh, Mighty Mike is yet again down with the flu this year. That so dude we're... is always sick. I, he, I know, man. <laughs> He's I got know. the worst immune system known to man. It's like he, he gets—he he gets sick. Like looking, he, he can get sick watching an episode of ER. <laughs>
1: Oh shit! Don't let him watch House.
0: Oh god!
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> You'll you never have... get
0: him back. True. If you haven't guessed it, uh, I got my good friend from Cerebral Syndicate back here. So Excalibur, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Hey.
1: Always happy to be here.
0: Hey, I'm just happy that you're on our show for once. Yeah, I mean, cross cross pods are a thing. Hey, <laughs> right. So uh, we're dedicating this this special episode to a, a bit of a ongoing cultural item within the comic book fandom. And, well, pretty much well, anything, to be quite honest. But I want, I want to dedicate this episode to kind of the idea of toxic fandom and just within the comic book culture. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things going on right now. Of course, the most prolific would be the Comics Gate movement, which is a whole viper's nest of bad. Uh, for anybody who is unfamiliar with it, essentially there is a very loud and, frankly, obnoxious section of the internet that wants to sit there and rail against you know a lot of current comics because they have a more progressive slant that's a perfectly valid opinion the way they go about it is not (laughs) uh, the word vitriolic comes to mind Um, and it, it creates a lot of negative energy within the fandom wouldn't you say
1: oh yeah 100% um Especially because our current social-political climate oh, is yeah. is spearheading a lot of this, mm-hmm. and we're not just talking, like, far right. We're talking no, no. far left Absolutely. as well. And Absolutely. And in some junctures, the far left is worse than the far right. Oh, yeah. Because like, you can't get enough right to please the far left.
0: Yeah. There's always something There's wrong. always a problem. There's, there's always, always a problem. I, I think I, I said that in the op-ed that we posted the other day, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, you can go out and read it on hallofjustice.com, where it's like the the far left and far right ideals have gone so far to the extreme that they're starting to meet in the middle. Yes. Yeah. So... Which is weird, right? It's It's, it's it's, so weird.
1: It's a weird convergence of like-minded ideas, but people saying different things. Yeah. And to your point, it is messing with the culture in a way that it's not... Diminishing the culture, but it's causing an outrageous imbalance in the culture. It's causing
0: a lot of internal strife.
1: Yeah. So, for people that are fans of comics that may not be... That are a part of different social groups. So, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, or, um, you know, if you're a minority. Yeah, or if you're... Um, if you are a part of the right or part of the left, um, it is, in any fashion, mm-hmm. um, then it is literally you are literally at a point now to where there it's almost like the comics gate thing is putting it in a perspective to where you have to choose sides
0: exactly it's where you're being it's like there's a gun being held against your head yeah. every Wednesday yeah. yeah yeah of course and here's the thing so people want to talk about you know well I, I don't want politics in comics I just want good stories that's 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 a prototypical chant for people in the comics. Gate movement, and again, I can understand the sentiment. It's the execution where we start seeing this problem. Mm -hmm. The issue is comics have always been an inherently political medium. Right. That's just that's that's part of the. It's always been that way. Now, the issue here is we start seeing a lot of modern comics that have subverted the expectation where, instead of being, you know, we're we're going to address a political situation, we're going to push a political agenda Mm -hmm. and sideline story, Mm -hmm. and that's where. There, there's a lot of honest issues in, right. in, in the storytelling. A lot of the, the vitriol that's being thrown around is, I refer to them as the grumpy old fan, yeah. that want the things they've always wanted. They don't want anything to change. And any disturbance to that rhythm is heresy.
1: So, prime example, when Falcon became Captain America for yes. that run. Yeah. That And honestly, I think that run is what started snowballing a lot of it.
0: It started with, with Jane Foster and then mm-hmm. it, it hit overdrive yeah. with Sam as With cap. Sam,
1: yeah. So Sam being cap flipped so many switches. And we're not talking like people were just like, yeah, this might be okay. People didn't even give it give it a chance to breathe.
0: Oh, yeah. It was it was it was blacklisted almost from the second that it it happened in Remender's run. Yeah. The small like the eight issues that he did.
1: Mm-hmm and that's the thing is Reminda's run was was fantastic oh, I loved it and when Nick Spencer took over this was also part two of the problem yeah when Spencer took over the book because at the time he was doing another Captain America tie-in before he started doing Nazi cap
0: um,
1: he the story fell flat so you had somebody that had no real experience yeah writing a minority character trying to appeal to a minority fan base while on top of trying to pose social issues. And it just just bottomed out. It bottomed out. Like, Uh, I quit reading the run and I was like, I can't do this. I
0: think I left, like, six issues in. Yeah. Like, I just, I couldn't. Yeah. The first two issues were, like, I think he he, he blew his entire, his his wallet on the first two issues. Because he was trying to Beat Remainder. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're gonna have Sam you're gonna have Sam come into conflict with Cap, and there's a generational aspect here. There's not, we're trying to play to a culture, and it worked for the first two issues, yeah. and then once everyone got pissed, it just denigrated into this just shit show. Right. And I'm thinking back to when we saw one of our, our first big minority pushes in, in Marvel Comics, we we saw kind of the ground tremors and potential for this issue when Kamala Khan was introduced. Yes there was a lot, a lot of... There was a lot of, a of backlash. A lot, lot of backlash. A lot of negative sentiment. A lot of 9-11 callbacks. Cause it was people weird. Were, yeah, it was it weird. Was, it
1: was weird, and it was petty, and it was... And, it, it, the and that was at a time when
0: the, when the fandom was pretty calm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the beautiful thing about it, though, is that Kamala's character
0: oh.
1: has... She she pulled a Miles, mm. is, 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 is what I call it, because kind of the same thing when, when Miles became Spider-Man. Parker died so abruptly In that ultimatum run That people were just like What the hell Yeah Yeah. and then all of a sudden You know a year later We have this new kid And people are like What the fuck are we gonna do Yeah But I think the difference is that Bendis prepped people Mm -hmm. Into saying hey Parker is not gonna be around forever There will be a death and you will know who it is. Yeah. And even after reading it, we're like, yeah, whatever, just, just fine. And we read it, and we go to the last page, it's like, what?
0: And like, yeah. you and, already knew it was coming. And even then, he remedied it with, with Spider-Man by having the 616 mainstay yep. Peter Parker look Miles in the eye and say, yep. you can do this. Yeah. So that kind of smoothed over yeah. a lot of that tension, which we really didn't get for Kamala until l- years later.
1: Much, end. much later. <laughs> I think it should have happened much sooner, because... Yeah we always have this problem with legacy characters right mm-hmm. when when characters are taking specifically marvel does have specifically like- marvel yeah so when characters are taking mantles marvel does not make it easy for their fans to a buy in mm-hmm. or b make people care about these characters well,
0: they 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 take the the Jurassic Park approach where we're, we're going to patent it and yep. package it and we're going to slap it on a plastic lunchbox and yep. sell it
1: yeah, absolutely. Very,
0: very rarely do you have a organic transfer of titles. No. I, I think that I could probably name three that have happened in the Marvel Universe, and that would be Miles, Kamala, and then for a time, Laura Kenny mm-hmm. as Wolverine. Right. Those three were great. And, and I think Laura, of of those three, Laura's was probably the smoothest. Laura, That's because Laura was the, the Marvel counterpoint to Wally West's Flash in that regard. Yes, absolutely. Like the, the heir apparent... Absolutely so when it happened and everybody it already anybody. knew
1: exactly yeah. like everybody already knew we knew it wasn't going to be Dakin yeah we knew <laughs> yeah. yeah his crazy ass we've known
0: that since Dark Avengers yeah man. we knew
1: it wasn't going to be Dakin we knew Sabretooth was going to play a role but not not a Wolverine role yeah so we knew the only gonna person going to the grumpy grandfather right we knew the person it was going to was going to be Laura yeah and everybody accepted it especially when they fully made the change two years ago and they were like hey she is Wolverine. Now, what is hurting her character now is that she's gone back to being X twenty three.
0: And to her credit, Marco Marco Tamaki has tried to explain that and it requires a certain amount of, of fan acceptance. Yeah. Problem is it it has been it's it's so ingracious because yes. Laura has moved so far past her, Yeah, X-23. her character has
1: evolved way past so, that. So
0: this is taking like a gigantic backstep over all the great work that Tom Taylor did.
1: Oh, and Tom Taylor, that's like, honestly, like if, if Tom Taylor did not write that run of the Wolverine, I wouldn't have read it. Yeah. I wouldn't have read it. No,
0: I was saying, I've never been a big Wolverine fan. I read it because it was Tom Taylor.
1: Yeah, and I only read it because Tom Taylor did so much strong work at DC.
0: Yeah. I mean, his Injustice run was yeah.
1: amazing. Oh, God, his Injustice run was am- And when he quit Injustice, or when he left Injustice, I was like, I'm not reading this shit anymore.
0: Yeah. And then he came back. And then, yeah, then he came back because they were like, well,
1: we kind of needed you. We like leaned your- into
0: this too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Rope it back in, please. Yeah. So I want to talk for a second about politics in comics. Because when I say that it's been an inherently political medium, mm-hmm. people don't really quite get what I'm going for. Politics has always been an underlying element in the, especially when it comes to superhero comics, because you're creating these tentpole characters who are supposed to stand for ideals. Correct. Wonder Woman, very political from the onset. Superman, political from the onset. Captain America, you know, created by two Jews in in issue number one, he's seen punching Hitler at a time when America is being incredibly incredibly nationalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a call to action. I would also say that the counterpoint to that is, you know, Secret Empire. Because if you need a ten issue Captain America event to tell you that Nazis are bad, you should probably go back to eighth grade. I'll save the rant for an actual episode on that book. Yeah. <laughs> but the issue here is when we have books that are fundamentally more agenda than story, and that mm-hmm. that's an honest complaint. I I can see that.
1: Oh no, and we've talked several times, you know, about how. Especially when we talk in terms of comic book events now, right? Because everybody has to have an event or multiple events a year. They, (laughs) they, to your point, they sacrifice the need for storytelling to be situational. Yes. So, like for instance, Civil War Two, prime example. We didn't need Civil War Two. No, we we didn't didn't. need it. No. But Marvel was like, "Hey, Bendis, write us a story because we have to tie it into Civil War," and you had a needless death. Of a fan character. I'm still upset that they killed Rhodey like that. Like, Rhodey oh, didn't deserve God. to go out no, like that, a fucking that, dog. Are you
0: kidding? That me? pissed... Out of, everything, out of everything that happened in Civil War II, that's the one that pissed me off most.
1: Yeah. So, and And, and, and that's me, outside
0: Banner taking an arrow to the head.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so, for me, being, you know, a, a minority reader, I'm like, so, again, here we are making the black
0: character or minority character the scapegoat for... Yeah, an issue and especially when they're trying to there's a big push to tie things to to the MCU when you're taking the only established minority character in the MCU Mm -hmm. and you're fragging him yep off screen yep and flashing back to it and oh, yeah, they, that was
1: disrespectful as hell. Yeah, and then, At least they could have killed the brother in a panel. Right, battle. Come yeah. Come on. And
0: then you've got the two principal characters basically dick-measuring over who loved him most and who has the right to be most upset about it.
1: Yeah, it was dumb.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. Well, I mean, you, you introduced Civil War 2. That agenda buried Riri Williams as a character.
1: Yeah, it buried it, Miles, it too.
0: buried Miles, too. But and those two are still trying to recover. Yes. Uh, and here we are, but a year and a half into Riri's tenure as a character yep, and we're and so, really just now getting a solid approach to it which by I the hate. way but Evel Ewing's Ironheart run I fell in love with it halfway through the first issue I
1: knew he would do a good job right off the bat yeah she's and just great here's what I hate about Riri because not about her but, no, but about how about her approach and her development yeah. so we got an amazingly underrated wave of Legacy characters by Marvel, absolutely. New Nova, I love New Nova. Oh, Sam's we, great. Sam is so good. New Nova. We got Riri. We got Miles. We got Kamala. We got Viv,
0: who I freaking love. Yeah. By the way, um, I have loved Viv since like the second she showed up. Um,
1: we got uh, Cho as the Hulk, who I love oh, yeah. being the Hulk uh, because his dynamic was so different, and he like his, actually I kind
0: of like his big sister a little more. Yeah, his yeah, his great. sister's great. It's
1: like so, adventures
0: of babysitting with Hulk. Yeah.
1: So we got this. Spread of characters that could honestly, in my opinion, and you count, and, and I would even count Falcon and Jane Foster in that. We got this spread of characters that could have honestly leveled Marvel, yeah, for a very long time. Yeah, but what they decided to do is because they wrote themselves into a box with these characters, with their, you know, social justice issue or whatever the fuck you want to call it with yeah. Civil War Two. And their missteps with the legacy characters, and this is where, you know, us talking about, you know, being far right or far left or whatever comes into play, because people bitched so much oh about, these aren't my characters, blah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, these there aren't was, the characters I grew so up with, like, blah, 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 but blah.
0: Not my, not my Captain America, yeah. so much so that it became a meta-narrative, and that actually translated into, into the, the comic,
1: book. and it was ugly.
0: God-awful.
1: Um. That they let the crowd speak so loud, and we're talking a a minority yeah. of the comic crowd speak so loud that they backpedaled not two steps, an entire fucking year.
0: Yeah, at, at minimum. Well, it, it it really snowballed when their director of of you know when when their VP of market sales David Gallagher came out oh, and God. said
1: that dumbass
0: that he literally said that diversity is killing comics. Mm -hmm. Diversity is the reason he's not selling. First of all, if you go back and look at the numbers, and believe me, I have. I've actually crunched the numbers on this. (laughs) The books that were getting canceled the most by Marvel at the time featured straight white dudes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Star-Lord had three different books that got canceled.
1: And that was the thing, too, is that he's, you know, he says something like that, and it's like, oh, let's not count your oversaturation of characters you're you're fighting yourself in terms of market share. yeah you're cannibalizing yourself in market share you are being beaten by a company who has always been your primary rival that finally says hey we need to turn our shit around we need to tell consistent let's, stories let's that talk have a about continuum." That.
0: let's talk about the the dynamic at the approach that rebirth rebirth took versus what marvel has done where marvel stepped fully back and rebirth kind of did a composite view
1: so here's why i will give dc it's it's just due i will give them their day on anything rebirth and beyond
0: yeah 52 i actually liked a lot of 52 i liked select titles in fifty two. yeah there was a lot of 52 i was like this is good like there was Titans. a lot there was a lot of creative issues yeah, there was a early lot on of creative like, issues. static unfortunately yeah,
1: stat- yeah static um you know uh, cyborg uh no, it's... you know green lanterns was a mess. Um, after after John's after left. Yeah, yeah after John's left, um, even Flash kind of had a rocky start. Like yeah. really, and, you know, Superman even had a rocky start. Like it was just not yeah. a good book. <laughs> um, but you could see that they were slowly trying to get themselves out of it. Now Rebirth comes along, and again, this is where I give them their just due. They tackle they or have been tackling what we're in th- year three of Rebirth now. Mm-hmm. Technically, they have tackled. Social and political issues, while telling a story, and not losing their narrative mm-hmm. to satiate
0: either side. Absolutely, and that is that is the success right there. Because so many times we've had a Marvel book that comes out and is it obviously has a political agenda. Yeah, of course, but still manages to tell a story. The main example I would use there is Champions. Yep it was they took on very serious issues very very politically relevant issues yes i mean the first arc alone deals with human trafficking yes big issue still tells a story it doesn't yeah. preach at you and, and that was why it succeeded told it from a
1: perspective that is so new wave yes that people and i and i think that's why their book did so well mm-hmm. before they decided to flatline it because it was pacing all of their Avengers books.
0: Which they had way too many of. Which they
1: had way too many of. Because I think at the time when Champions launched, it was four Avengers titles?
0: You had Avengers, Uncanny Avengers. You had, uh, was it Secret of... Yeah, yeah, at least three.
1: There was at least three. At least.
0: Yeah. Aven- USA Avengers yep. and uh, the one with AIM. So yeah. Yeah. It- three or between three and five yeah
1: so it was outpacing all of your avengers books and it was doing so telling stories relevant stories with relevant issues across multiple creators we're not just talking one no we're talking multiple creators took this book and said hey we're just gonna build we're just we're gonna keep building and that's how it should be that was their formula on top of that was their formula to win Mm-hmm. On top of the their big three, which was uh, Miles, Kamala, and Sam, that was their big three. Yeah, and that big three honestly could have carried them better, probably than Marvel was in like the nineties.
0: I could, I honestly could have seen those big three, ten years down the road, being the three lead Avengers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I could
0: have absolutely seen that.
1: Because these, these and, and we've bounced this idea ourselves oh, yeah. back and forth, <laughs> when Miles showed up in 616, there should have been no more Parker.
0: Or at the very least, you take, you should have either put Miles more front and center and, yep. and stepped back on Parker yep. and focused on something like spectacular or mm-hmm. doing something else, or even if you made Miles a spectacular, yeah. whatever you wanted to do. But it should have been a, a, a Batman and Nightwing kind of relationship yeah. between the two of them. You know, master and apprentice kind yeah. of thing.
1: That's where it should have gone. Absolutely. Especially at the stage that Parker was at in his life already. Yeah. Because like, he was like, oh, I'm super scientist mogul Parker. Yeah. He should have literally just been the money, quote unquote, for Miles. He
0: shouldn't have been doing anything else. Yeah. He should have been in a primary mentor role. Which, awkwardly enough, they put him in that role in 2099.
1: There you go. I there you go. So that could have happened. Kamala, you didn't need to do it with because they did such a good job separating her from Captain Marvel already.
0: I would say that was the only real success of Civil War 2 is that it it was good to shatter the the fangirl mysticism, mysticism that Kamala held for, yeah. for Carol. Yeah.
1: Um and then also Sam, he was he was the
0: only Nova. Yeah. There was nobody else. Yeah. so You've got an entire cosmic realm that you can explore with him, and yeah. they don't.
1: Yeah. So, and he would have been, you know, we're talking again, you know, five, ten years down the line, he would have been an easy candidate to, to lead a new Guardians team. Are you kidding? Oh, God. Easy. Easily. Easily.
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of backstep because of fan outrage. And, and, and I, I can... It's one thing for a publisher to... Acknowledge what their fans want. Yeah, it's another thing entirely. That's not, to, and that's not a
1: problem with that. Yeah, I respect that. I
0: respect that. I respect understanding and engaging with your audience. It's another thing entirely to capitulate to a bunch of loud mouths yep. who only want to read the same story that came out in 1984 mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I've had my angry fan moments. We've all had them. I've, oh, I nerd rage on a daily. Uh, what yeah, are you about? It, I, I nerd rage in my sleep. It <laughs> happens. Here's the thing, though. There's a there's the the ability to walk away and when i say walk away i don't mean drop the book and and distance yourself but right. sometimes you just have to let things ride out for a story arc and then pick it back you up you do yeah
1: you just you just have to let things happen and that's what marvel hasn't done a very good job of and i would say probably the last 10 years easily they let so much of the political climate interrupt what is what should be happening yeah and you would think they'd be a little more bipartisan because they're because their parent company is Disney. Yeah, you would think. You right? would think.
0: Here's the thing, though. Marvel likes to chase the audience. Yes, they like to chase the audience. They like they like to chase popular culture while influencing popular culture and how that particularly works. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm I, not, I I'm not really con, I'm not really convinced it actually works. Oh <laughs> um, no, it, no, but <laughs> not. But what no. they, what they do is they they look for whatever's trending basically i'm pretty sure there's an entire like office building of marvel employees that just search for nerd rage on twitter and go we should write about this
1: yep
0: so they they just keep cranking out the same thing over and over again and start it's it, it's and that's what's frustrating. It's losing its relevance and it's turning into that scene from roger rabbit where he's like look ping look, yeah. ping."
1: well and you know if we want to talk about you know governmental tie-ins marvel hasn't had their separation of church and state moment yes which they need they know they like badly
0: need it. They, yeah
1: <laughs> whereas i and, and and honestly to a point i don't know how dc did it and maybe it's because the creators that they put front and f- forward were like hey we just want to tell stories
0: i i think you saw a big moment come in a in Superman, when he renounced his American citizenship, mm-hmm. that was kind of the bigger part. That, that was the more political drive one there. Because
1: I, and because that's always been a big part of his character. Yeah.
0: And I, but I think it works more organically with what DC does because DC leads character first. So yep. that when you see the heroes acting like heroes, you don't have to sit there and go, get it? It's because they vote Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's like, no, they're doing what a hero should do, yeah. so everything else just follows suit. Correct. So when you try to turn these characters into campaign slogans, it inherently cheapens their acts of heroism. Yeah. It turns it into, you know, attack ads.
1: Now, question, because, and this just kind of came to mind as we were talking. Do you think, in terms of like, let's say a Captain America who is... That his identity is tied to being Captain America. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that the best next step for Cap, outside of what is going on in his run right now...
0: By the way, that run by Coates
1: is amazing. Pick it up. Coates is just an amazing (laughs) fucking writer. Like, let's 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 just fucking get it straight.
0: Sidebar, that book is currently... One, I would say it is the heir to everything that Brubaker did. Two, it is the only legitimate sequel to Secret Empire because it's dealing with the actor effects. Yep. Go read it. Do it. Do it.
1: Do you think that if Cap took more of a secret agent Steve Rogers role, we would see a shift in how Marvel does things? Because honestly, for Mm -hmm. me, that was when Steve Rogers was the best. When he was running the Secret Avengers and he was like, and he was running it like the X-Force. He was like, we do what we have to do. A- absolutely.
0: It, I, I would wholeheartedly agree if Secret Empire hadn't happened. Yeah. If Secret Empire hadn't happened, you could easily make Steve Rogers the next Fury and have him... Which he should
1: have been. He been. should have been. That should have been his career that, path.
0: I totally agree. I think right now they're in too deep to do that. They, yeah. they have a lot of damage control to do. Ooh,
1: a year's worth of damage control. At, at
0: minimum. <laughs> um, but no, I, I would totally agree. I, I've always felt that Cap was at his best... When he was bucking the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was saying, uh, Cap is at his best when he's bucking the system. I think even Thor says as much after Siege. So I I think it would have worked really well to to have him in that Fury 2.0 kind of role. I think so.
1: Especially when you you think about the cast of Avengers that we've gotten after the fact. Yeah. Cap's role should have... Definitely, and I'm not saying that Fury couldn't still be there because Fury no, still could I think, be there. I think
0: you need Fury in that spook kind of role. Right, he has to be,
1: he has to be the all-knowing eye. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah, but uh... Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, like that that relationship could have evolved and turned into something totally different. Yeah, but again, for whatever reason, after the phenomenal Secret Avengers run ended. We got a normal cat
0: bat. Yeah, which... Which is fine. Which is fine. I, I think we start seeing those things because from a, from a culture, comic book fans will only let things go so much. hmm Which I understand. As part of the culture, I totally get it. There are certain changes that I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Peter Parker can't date anyone else. No, he's married to Mary Jane. No, yep. no, no, no. But that being said, I feel like if there's a noteworthy narrative, the audience will follow. Mm-hmm. As long as you lean into it The problem is A lot of times We start leaning into The wrong narrative And right. when, I, when I say that I, I go back to the comment I've made several times Where it's more agenda Than story Right Case in point It was a great run But look at everything That happened to that Mockingbird title yeah. After the Ask me about my Feminist agenda cover
1: That title And I read the entire run Yeah Amazing Amazing run. Amazing I guess you can kind of count it as a maxi series because it was over six issues. It was like but what?
0: 15? I, I
1: think it was like yeah, 14, 15, somewhere right there. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing run. And here's the thing. I didn't have a problem with that cover.
0: No. But look at the vitriol but that was lo- hurled yeah,
1: at that title. But look at the fucking tidal wave of unapologetic Oh, just just abject Jaded rage, rage that got thrown at it. And it's like guys, what's your issue? Is Is it because he's not a straight white man? Like, is that the issue? Yeah. It's, I... Because apparently that can't be the issue. I don't know what the... That can't be the issue. Because Black Panther wouldn't have sold as many fucking copies as it did. Right. Through Coates' entire run.
0: His first run. It was consistently in, what, the top five selling Marvel books? Every week. Yeah. Every week for an entire year. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe that's because the MCU helped that out. A large portion no, is because I, I, the MCU I, I, helped that uh, out. Yeah, but a if, of in that in. But if Coates was writing, specifically just writing, a Black Panther title without the backing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people wouldn't give it a shit.
0: No, not hardcore Black Panther fans would have.
1: But yeah, the hardcore average, Black Panther the fans, average, the audience average, ever. yeah, no, not at all, no, not at all, especially because you put and there was a lot of great minority titles
0: last year, a lot. Well, look at what we talked about before: Black Panther and the crew that book, yeah, the, the book that they hyped for one issue and then buried in the release calendar, yeah, buried it. You
1: know, even um, the the split off title that they did for Black Panther, yeah. where it was like the oh god, I forgot, World Wakanda. of Wakanda, World of Wakanda. There yeah, you. that's
0: see, that's the one I started reading first. Yeah,
1: World of Wakanda got buried. Yeah. Um, You know, but, you know, again, issue being, if Coates went to Stanford or went to any of his artists during their run and said, hey, we're going to do the blackest cover available. We're going to you want you want Black Panther. We're leaning in both ways. You're getting Black Panther with the Black Panther centric cover. People would have lost their shit. Yeah. And the book wouldn't have sold. It would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. But MCU gave it cover. Now, mind you, if Mockingbird was in the movies and not on TV, it would have had cover. So that that issue that came out...
0: would have been cover fire.
1: Yeah. That issue that came out, nobody would have given a shit. Nobody. No.
0: Also because that would have been one of 17 covers available. Exactly. Which is is another issue entirely. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we're not going to get it.
0: That's 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 an an issue in itself. But speaking of that, I mean... Let's talk about the the cultural accuracy in these minority titles because you and I have talked about this before. We talked about it with Sam Wilson as Captain America, mm-hmm. where I, th- I think you so eloquently put that Nick Spencer had to spend most of his time whitesplaining shit. Oh God! When
1: I text you about that, that yeah. day, I was furious. Oh, no, it I It was like episode, It was like issue
0: twenty. Yeah, and it was like what in the entire. F- Fuck. No, I know. I, I I just read You texted me about that. I went and bought it on, like, Comixology and read it, and then I texted you back like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. I, yeah. And that's what that's what upsets me, is you'll have these incredible books that will have, that will be culturally, socially, politically relevant, and they will get buried. Yeah. They will get absolutely buried in the releases. Falcon. Yeah. And Mar- after Marvel Legacy, the first arc of Falcon was Spectacular Spectacular You had Falcon And the New Patriot And Brother Voodoo Who we haven't seen Since yeah. I, like, like the second volume Of Bendis' Avengers run Yeah Stopping a gang war In Chicago Which yeah. by the way For anybody who doesn't Know anything about Chicago It's had a bad history Of violence Especially in the like, last Ten years yeah. And actually for the Second year Crime has actually Gone down yeah. So here so, we go yeah. Culturally relevant Exactly Where does it go? Nowhere Yeah it gets buried yeah but instead got buried hard got buried hard especially
1: after like they were like oh we're gonna bring Blade into the title for you know an arc and I was like yeah this is cool as shit yeah.
0: they start the Deacon Frost thing and yeah. then it it, dis- it didn't just get cancelled it disappeared it just yeah it just just it disappeared you, that, didn't,
1: you just did see it
0: that book was on my pull list and they pushed it back so long that it just dropped it just dropped nobody knew what happened yeah. to it yeah I mean, We've seen that before. Remember the whole Blade's Daughter thing? Yeah. That they've been kicking around since, what, 2007? Yeah. And then it came back up again last year. Still nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, 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 this is what frustrates me is there's so much potential in these sociopolitical narr- narratives without burying the lead. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of books right now. Um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Solid the Med's first issue. Yes. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. It sets up an important issue. It deals with a, com- a community that, for my money, he's actually been underrepresented in Miles' story because a mm-hmm. lot of Miles' fan base and even story forgets that he's biracial.
1: They that do. He, that they he's, do.
0: That he's Latino as well. And, and that's
1: and, one thing that I think they brought out really well, like in, in, with The Spider Verse. Yes. Like when they did Into yes. the Spider Verse. Yeah. They leaned into the fact that he's got these. Two separate heritages yeah. that he has to pay homage to. Yes, but they don't do it in a way where they're like,
0: "Oh, he's black and Latino." Like yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't go, they don't go, yeah. yeah it, it's not a rose tico moment where it's like, "Look, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, see, I'll, we have a minority main character." You're like, yeah. yeah, they don't. Yeah, do that. it's not that. And that that first issue nailed it, nailed it. He understood it, it. We 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 called that out, but not in a you know look at me kind of way but that this is a core part of who Miles is as an individual. Right. We're going to tell a story that focuses on that aspect of him, but remember that is not all that he is. Which by the way, I also love that he's that Saladin Ahmed is now taking over the, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel book. Yep. One because I he's a great writer it's and amazing I think, writer. I think he's going to be able to just nail the narrative in both of these books, but two, I've been shipping Miles and, and Kamala in my head for years. <laughs> so Same. Yeah, I same. We've had that conversation.
1: Miles and Spider Gwen? Nah, bro.
0: Nah. That just that, Miles and Kamala. That's, that's like borderline incestuous to me, man. It's like, just a little I, bit. yeah, I see Spider Gwen and, and Miles and I'm like, no, 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 you're like his aunt. Like that's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is like the bad section of Pornhub. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. How did I get here? Ah! Yeah, it's mm, it just makes it makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: yeah, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and he has been probably one of Marvel's bright
0: spots yeah. in their whole in their legacy initiative. I think he's one yeah. of the three major successes.
1: Well, and it's weird, right? Because nobody read fucking Black Bolt. Nobody,
0: except for the two of us. Yeah, <laughs>
1: us and then like maybe a couple of Mike, other hundred Mike thousand people. It. Yeah, <laughs> Black Bolt for a guy that doesn't fucking talk was an amazing. It was amazing so amazing title.
0: So good, and that was a maxi too. Was yeah. it like twelve issues. I think thirteen. I yeah, think, I think it went just one over. Maybe. Yeah. I could pull up in the lockbox and find it, but I don't want to. Yeah.
1: It takes too much time. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so he is one of the he is one of the few writers that I've seen in recent years at Marvel that is able to take issues and write them into books and not make the issue overcrowd yeah. what we're actually here I, for.
0: I think and that's that's the one criticism I would give Wade Wade's run on champions. I think there were moments where he pushed the envelope a hair too way far, too yeah. and, it, and it, it it buried the lead. I would agree, and, but I understand that's that's his that's his style. He's passionate. I get that. And he's, always that. He he's, did, he's, he's always done, done that. He did it, with it, it He did it with Flash. He did it with Daredevil. Way back, yeah. So I, as a Wade reader, yeah. I am mentally prepared for that. So I know I know to expect yeah. it. Yeah, yeah straight yeah, up. Yeah, um, but I want to talk for a second again, going back to kind of the vitriol side of things. Yeah, I'm going to drag it down. Um, Going back to just the outrage portion of it and just the, just the pervasive influence of outrage culture as it applies to comics, and not even just comics, but fandoms in general.
1: I think fandom as a whole, and we, we talk about this all the time, I've never seen, in all of my years of being a multifaceted nerd for yeah. a, a lot of things, <laughs> I have never, ever seen the community as toxic.
0: No. Not Which is at all. weird
1: because we're doing it to ourselves. Oh, it's God. not like. And it's it's not like somebody is coming in, yeah, and like,
0: hey, fuck you guys. Yeah, like, this, it, you know, a, this it's starting is this is George Lucas making sure the Jar Jar's everywhere, right? exactly.
1: <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. This is us doing it to ourselves, and I think it's a lot of the. So I think a lot of the middle of the road guys like us. Mm-hmm. So we didn't. So a lot of so for us, we didn't start reading comics until probably like the nineties. Yeah, so nineties and then we're we're spearheading a lot of this current wave that's happening. Yes. And a lot of the stuff that was popular in the 90s is cycling back because of how much we're spearheading it and yeah. how, how vocal we are about spearheading that. But I think a lot of pre-90s readers are a, a big part of the problem. Yeah. And then I also think a lot of new movie-centric fans are a big part of the problem, too. So the middle of the road isn't the problem. It's, again, you're far right and you're far left. it's the
0: extremes. (laughs) Like we were saying before. What I've noticed is this attitude happens primarily online. Yeah. You don't get this kind of toxic relationship when you go into a local comic book shop. And I think that's because we always knew it was like
1: arcade etiquette, right? Like yeah. when you were growing like for me, I was growing up playing arcade games, like fighting games mostly. You knew the rules. You waited your turn, you put up your quarters. If it was just you and another guy on the bench, you can stay there as long as you yeah. wanted, and then when somebody came back up, whoever took the first L, you got up and you just rotated. Yeah. Everybody knew that. Same thing growing up in a comic shop. You knew that. There's an etiquette to go. There's comic an book etiquette shop. To being in a comic shop. There are a, common
0: grounds that everybody yes. can make fun of. Yes. And then when it comes to each other's books, you don't get into arguments. You yeah. you, you have conversation. It's one of the few places where discourse still exists. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it
1: was, especially for us yeah. growing up in the 90s, it was a, and I talk to my mom about this all the time, because she was like, was it really hard for you being a nerd in the 90s? Yes. Because we didn't have platforms that kids have now to find their Well, not just that, to find their growing family.
0: up in the 90s nerds we were stereotypically the butt of the joke and that's yeah. it and that's that that fuels both of our rage about big bang theory oh my God. but we'll t- i'll bring that up here in a second <laughs> <laughs> so as i sip my beer yeah
1: um but you're right there was an etiquette you walked in you didn't challenge people's books you you garnered everybody's opinion there was always like man there was many times growing up as a kid reading comics i'd walk into a shop and, and get a book I didn't even intend to get because yeah. I was talking to some other guy. I can't count can a number of and times I've like,
0: added something to my list because I'm having a conversation while I'm waiting for my shopkeep to get back in the back room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've added so many titles. That's how the I last, ended up reading Deadpool. I've never read Deadpool in same, my life.
1: <laughs> same. You know, in the last you know ten years of being you know an, an older comic book reader, like I have, stuff has appeared on my list because of because of you, because of Mike, because of Dylan, yeah, because of people that I just randomly meet in the comic book shop when I was still I running a retail thank you store. For getting Black Panther on my radar. Hey. A- um, when I was still running game, a GameStop store, I had customers that were avid comic readers and they would come in and tell me about stuff and, you know, and, and that's just how it worked. Our community was so cyclical. Yeah. The problem now is people have too much power to be vocal.
0: Yes. 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 The yes, internet
1: yes. has become such a gift and a curse to our culture
0: yeah.
1: that not only do we have, so for us. I think it's magnificent when you're talking just between, between yeah. you know, the two of us and even, you know, Dylan and Mike, respectively. I, and I said this to my cousin over the holiday. There's a special talent to being a speaker for the culture. Mm-hmm. We are, by all intents and purposes, us and people that are like us are historians for a culture that started
0: on paper. Yeah, and that's that's why we're here. It's why we're sitting behind this microphone. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's... And and our and our job and what we've made our job is where we are a proponent of the culture and then now and then now and forever and it's yes. not changing and we will change as the culture changes. And that's just what it is. And we know because we have to maintain the balance of the culture. Yeah. What the internet has done is allowed that balance to be so severely shifted. Yes. And now if you have an opinion, which is horrible. If you have an opinion, you're automatically wrong.
0: Yeah, there's this there's this pervasive sense of all or nothing in fandom. Yes, and this this this, that, this is across the board. Yes. It's not just comics. We see it a lot in other fandoms. It's 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 turned the Star Wars fandom into a veritable Sarlacc into pit. Into a mess.
1: It is a mess. It's A
0: mess right now. As I look at all the Star Wars memorabilia in my house and yeah. cry because I, I miss the good old days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like we agreed on every. We, we all loved it. The only thing we agreed on, really, that we that was possibly controversial is that Jar Jar sucked. Yeah, we just needed to lose Jar Jar. That was it.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> and a lot of that too, I think, you know, now to bring up the Big Bang Theory, a lot of I think that toxicity comes from society not understanding that nerd or geek or comic or anime culture or whatever you wanna whatever box you want to put it into. Yeah. We are more than just the sum of our parts. Yes, the Big Bang Theory was almost kind of like putting out somebody's dirty laundry, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's we are
1: so far removed from that specific brand of nerdism that
0: is nineteen fifties nerd cliche in a yeah, modern rapper.
1: Exactly, we are so far removed from that, and because it was so front and center for so long, what ten seasons? Twelve. Yeah, because it was around for so long, I think it took a lot of our culture backwards. Yeah, I would agree. And people decided that this is just how they fucking act.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that also when you when you when you have an entire no, an entire generation that has grown up with that as the primary exposure to to nerddom, yeah. and the MCU, yep, they come in. And they, they want to act like they own the place. Yeah. They are the new kids who showed up at the arcade and don't want to play by the rules. Yeah. And when you have that happen enough, the regulars are going to start fighting back. Yeah. Problem is, and this is, again, just a factor of nerddom, we all have a lot of repressed nerd rage, and now we have a readily accessible outlet for it. Yeah. I mean, I I canceled our, our Legion of Gloom show because I I started looking at myself going, I don't want to be negative. Right. It's one thing to say I don't like something, it's right? Another, it's, but it's another thing to say I don't like something, and here's why. Yeah, of course. More more often than not, it starts with I don't like it. I hate it. You should hate it too. You're wrong for liking it.
1: Right, and that, and right, and that's not what the culture should be about. The no, culture not at should all. be, for all intents and purposes, we should get back to celebrating what is so beloved about it. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that I love so much about anime culture right now. Oh, anime culture great. Because anime culture right now is where comic books were in the early 90s, it's, early 2000s. It's come out of a
0: toxic phase, It's, come,
1: it's come out of a toxic phase. And, but not only that, so here's a great thing. It's come out of a, a toxic stage. And now people are more accepting... Of the fact that anime is an actual artistic medium, yes, and because of that, you're getting, dude. I've had more conversations with guys that I've graduated like high school and college with Mm -hmm. because they're anime fans. More, more conversations with them in the last like ten years of my life because back then, anime was a thing. Like in high school, like, and I graduated in two thousand six.
0: Yeah,
1: back then in the early two thousands, if you were like
0: watching like Dragon Ball Z or whatever. You had to find your pockets. Of, yeah, which were usually the three or four weird kids that looked like they could have possibly been in column mine that were hanging in the back of the cafeteria.
1: Right, right. And if there were cool kids that did it, like there was a guy that had his locker next to me our entire four years of high school. Mm-hmm. And he, our first thing in the morning, we be like, yo, you watched Dragon Ball Z last night?
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was always our what, what, thing. What I find so funny about anime culture nowadays is that we were so far repressed that the second we find someone who watched what we did, yeah. it's like meeting a long-lost relative. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, you're right.
0: Like... My brother-in-law and I have a great relationship. Like, we didn't have a bunch of a relationship to begin with. And right. then, after Dragon Ball Evolution came out, yeah. we both randomly made the same comment about it at a family get-together. We looked at each other and were like... And you did the fight you, of the Spider-Man you, picture? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah. The point, to the point where now my wife is starting to watch Dragon Ball Z, we had a family get-together where Just we to watch Dragon watch like, the ha- first half of the first season. Just to celebrate, just to celebrate it, and I, I want that energy back throughout fandom.
1: Yeah, and I think that's and and that's the thing that I think I've been you know so energized with lately is is and, and not only because I, I work so closely in the anime space now. Yeah, um, you know,
0: Hell, you're my source for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, it, there's so much positive energy, and there's so much hype, and there's so much like I've never seen crowds go so apeshit over dragon ball
0: and you, it's been and around those pictures, forever those pictures from the premiere and yeah. Like, yeah this side of 10 years ago that never 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 would have never, never.
1: Happened. they had their new york comic-con panel in madison square garden a panel yeah for fucking dragon ball at madison square garden never would have happened. their panel <laughs> at sdcc was at hall h
0: which I've been to that that convention center. Unfortunately, I was only there for a work conference and not the actual fun one. Yeah.
1: It's a big ass
0: hall. Hall H is if you were putting shit
1: in Hall H, that is the hall.
0: It's damn near a hangar. That yeah,
1: <laughs> that is the hall. It has the most space. It has the quintessential it's just it's just where you go. That's where oh, when hall, Marvel was Hall
0: H is is always the tent pole. Yeah presentation yeah of every, every
1: and, and don't tell me you don't do the same thing when they announce stuff for sdcc oh, you, you know. look and see who's in hall h you know i do yeah <laughs> you look and see who was in, in hall h because you're like one
0: of us text the other and say, yeah, Did you, you so see who's hall in hall h, h? <laughs> 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 because
1: it's because it's a big fucking deal yeah it's a big deal and the fact that anime is at a point to where the community is now finding its identity and not just like finding its identity because we're a bunch of lost, like fucking ducklets or some shit. Yeah. Like, no, we're anime culture has found its identity within nerddom, and we're discovering that a lot of our likes in anime are also our likes in, in comic books and animation. Yeah, there's gaming so and, many, yeah. so many
0: parallels. Yes, that allow for easy integration to an aspect of fandom that you haven't experienced before.
1: Yeah. Now, mind you, there still are some. Bad eggs, yeah. In the anime culture, and yeah. it's always there's, gonna there's
0: be always bad there's eggs. always going to be that section of an egg yeah. that makes you feel like you have to take a shower. Yeah, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, it- um, <laughs> but for the most part, it is probably not only, and it's crazy, man. Because I'm a part of like different like anime little like Facebook groups and stuff like yeah. that. It is some of the most supportive, like down to earth. Like super friendly groups that I've ever been a part of, like in a, in a social media space yeah. that isn't just completely
0: toxic. I am a part of so many comic book groups that are so toxic. Dude, I've had to drop out. It's I've had lot. to drop out. And it hurts me because one of the guys who runs one of the comic book shop, one of the comic book groups that I'm in, is fighting so hard to be positive. He's trying to get people engaged. It's and, hard. And a dedicated group are engaged, but there's just so much toxicity in the air in the ether of that part of the fandom that it makes you want to step back yeah i stopped reading books for about a solid month i just let them pile up because i just i did not want to deal with the vitriol
1: yeah no i agree yeah, i've 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 dropped titles because of it yeah which is weird for me to say because i just don't drop titles no, i just don't i don't, I don't drop, come off my list yeah i just don't <laughs> i don't drop titles unless i'm like okay yeah, I just, I yeah. like you know i'm reading too much or like you know, this was okay, like, I'm not gonna finish it, like, yeah. or if the title gets canceled. That's really the only three yeah. reasons that I drop a book. When I started dropping books because the community was getting bad. Oh, I remember when you going through a bad, big Marvel purge, you were just
0: dropping books left and right. Oh,
1: dude, like, yeah, I like, and that's the thing is that I, I grew up a Marvel kid. Yeah. And I love Spider-Man, like, you can ask anybody, like, you can ask my mom. Like,
0: oh, you and I have had, have gone four rounds with yeah. Spider-Man. Like I
1: have, and it's actually how our friendship started. This is true. <laughs> Um,
0: We'll tell the secret original later.
1: Yeah, we'll tell that part later. Um, But I went through a phase, and I was hurt because I was like, I cannot be a part of this Marvel community right now.
0: Yeah, it hurts. It it, it hurts when something you love turns its back on you. Yeah. That's how I felt about Star Wars for a long time. It still burns in the back of my head that the community turned on me. Yeah. And the community turned on me because I was not with the crowd. Yeah. And that's what hurts the most. And that's what pushes people out of fandom. Yeah. And that's what creates negative energy within the fandom. Yeah. Is that you can't be here because you don't like everything that we like. Right. That's I, I, I want that to go away.
1: <laughs> and one thing that I hope helps comics that, has, that I've kind of seen with wrestling recently is the resurgence of the independents. Yes. So one thing that's happening in wrestling right now is WWE is always going to be the big fish, always. Yeah. But you're only as good as your competition. So Ring of Honor, indie promotion getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it has to do with their their partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. New Japan Pro Wrestling getting bigger. And New Japan is like we're opening a dojo in LA, another one, because they had one in like the 90s and it just didn't yeah. do well and they closed it. But I digress they're (laughs) opening another one they're starting to do more shows in LA they're like we're gonna start touring and then if you guys are familiar with the old like Bullet Club members Mm -hmm. so like you know Kenny Omega Cody Rhodes Mm -hmm. Young Bucks Hangman Page, yeah. uh, Marty Squirrel, those dudes broke off from New Japan. They're just like, we're not going to re-sign our contract. Mm-hmm. We're going to go and create All Elite Wrestling, and they're getting major backing I mean, from Stephen the fan. Even in there, too. And even yeah, Stephen Amell's involved. So and he's brought his whole fandom. Just yeah, just <laughs> transplanted yeah. them. So <sighs> and they're like, we're going to start a new wrestling promotion, and WWE is fucking scared. Yeah, because no, they did because their All In show last September, which was fucking fantastic they're scared because they know their competition
0: well they went from being the only the only they shark went being in the, pool the only game in town yeah to now there's someone else in the block yeah and what what I, what I like too is within the comic fandom we're starting to see a resurgence of genre comics yes specifically like we're yes. seeing a lot of these old school type comics come back you're yeah. seeing a resurgence in horror to a point like 10 15 years ago horror comics were kind of this thing that existed in the back of everyone's head and yeah. no one really went there.
1: They were in a specific little spot in the yeah. comic shop. You knew where to go if you were going to get them, and that was it.
0: Yeah, and now we're seeing a resurgence of amazing creator-owned stuff. You're seeing yep. you're seeing horror comics. You're seeing romance come back, which is something mm-hmm. that I never thought we would see come back after the, for a long time. Yeah, we when Strangers in Paradise went away. Yeah, you're seeing all these genres comes back. You're starting to see an evolution of the media itself. People are getting into comics because of web comics. Yes. These are amazing, independent things. I, mean, I yeah. said it on a webcomics panel at C2E2 last yeah. year. Incredible work by very passionate creators that are mm-hmm. out there simply because they're trying to share their art. Yeah. And I feel like that—that that is the hope for the fandom right there.
1: And, you know, not only those guys, but then you're talking Boom. booms, res- boom. boom is the, the baby of the independents right now. Yeah, <laughs> And they have had such a strong two years. They have. And it being led by Power Rangers more than anything. Oh, yeah, which... But not <laughs> only did... Lee and being, I
0: have just had a, like an hour-long Power Rangers sidebar. It was, it was <laughs> uh,
1: but not only was it led by Power Rangers, but they also picked up, you know, Steven Universe. Steve, oh, God, You yeah. know, which was great. The yeah. Steven title was amazing. You know, they're always... You know, they, they picked up other random, you know, license, you know, license stuff, some yeah. stuff from Cartoon Network. And they're, they're loading up. And,
0: they're picking up a lot of that. They're picking up a lot of. You know,
1: they picked up the WWE license, and that comic is yeah. really fun. So they have said, "Hey, let's change the way that we tell stories, but we're also going to give creators what they want out of creative, or what they want out of creator-owned titles."
0: I, I think the the ray of hope for the big two are some of these more extant IPs they've picked up with, with DC trying to relaunch the Vertigo imprint, the Sandman imprint, yeah. the...
1: Vertigo, Sandman, Sandman uh, Milestone. Yeah. Um, we heard
0: any news on that yet? I know it's still in the offing. Sometime this year, maybe, I know I there's, think? there were some legal issues they were working through. Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of it has to do with Milestone's original big three. Yeah. Um, especially when you talk like Dwayne McDuffie, like, you yeah, know, his, his, his wife has a controlling interest. Yeah, though, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of stuff. So yeah.
0: it's, it's like the you know Schuster stuff all over again yeah yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: but you, you see those things Marvel just got Conan back yeah and I, I have a lot of hope for that book because if you're Jason Aaron's
1: taking that one too right? yeah,
0: yeah if you're able to to to, re, to to relaunch the sword and sorcery element of comics yeah that's a way to reinvigorate a tired audience because that's something we haven't seen in a long 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 time
1: yeah you know, when it's it's something that you know another to- topic we talk about quite frequ- frequently is, is superhero fatigue. Yeah, it's a thing. It happens. It's a
0: thing, and I think you have to change the the, the way you tell those stories. Mm-hmm. You can't just rely on the good guy punching the bad guy and going yeah. "ha ha, I win." Yeah, you have to. You have to change the mold. And I, in that regard, I, I will walk back some of my initial issues with, with Secret Empire in that I understand what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't effective.
1: I yeah, and you know, same thing though. Yeah. Like you know, I I understand where they were going. Bad timing, bad execution.
0: Bad timing, bad execution, mismanagement from a franchise perspective. Yes, I, I think editorial really, really messed, really dropped
1: the ball on that. Point. I think they could have nailed it if it wasn't a cap story.
0: Well, I, you and I have had this conversation a lot. Is that there's there's a lack of test chambers? Yeah. See, DC has that built in. They have their Elseworlds label. They have their black label, which they just now officially launched. They're Mm -hmm. able to go, this book happens. It's not part of continuity. It's its own story. You can read it. You can take it for what you will. It's there. I I think because Marvel has such a huge monopoly on so much of the... The comic space. Just just, just the demographic. yeah. Yeah. That their lack of test chambers is causing a lot of issues within the fandom. Yes. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So let's, let's shift gears here and let's go for a little bit of a, of a positive ending, shall we? <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm down with that. So let's talk about some books that we're looking forward to in the new year. Mm. You want to kick anything off? Anything, anything particular that you got your eye on?
1: So, only because I haven't read it to its full extent um, Kyle Higgins and his masterwork of Soul of the Dragon, The Power Ranger so Story. Good. Um, He has been, and this was part of our our Power Rangers sidebar earlier.
0: That episode is coming, by the way. It's
1: coming. (laughs) Uh,
0: I got got to wait for Leader to read Soul of the Dragon. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Higgins is proving time and time again when he writes stories, he is 100% invested. Mm -hmm. And there's no bigger investment than being a Power Rangers fan because there's a lot of shit you got to follow. There's
0: a lot. (laughs)
1: There's a lot of shit you yeah. gotta follow and a lot of shit yeah. you gotta watch. Yeah. American and Japanese alike. Yeah. So
0: especially when it starts crossing over with Masked Rider. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: especially when it crosses the common rider. And yeah, yeah. dude. It's whew, whew. um but he you can tell that he genuinely loves Power Rangers and he loves adding to the mythos of Power Rangers yeah. because everything that he's doing is canon. Yeah. It's all canon. Yeah. So because of that, that's and and I think only because it came out kind of mid-December I still count it as and I kind of treat late comic titles like albums. Yeah. If your album comes out in December, yeah. it's 2019.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in 2019. Yeah. You're not It's, it's like we're, we're flipping the narrative yeah. from the Oscars deadline. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah you're
1: not moving the yeah. needle whatsoever. Um but yeah, like I think that's, you know, I, I think for anybody that's a fan of Power Rangers or has read Shattered Grid and um, you miss Higgins style. not not saying there's anything wrong with the current Mighty Morphin no, no, run. No, it's, it's just as good. Current run, is it's just a fun run yeah. because it's a different team. Yeah. Um, but if you love the way that Shattered Grid was written... Holy shit! You'll have just just the bits and pieces of, of Solo of Dragon that I've read. Yeah, you will have so much fun.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have a blast. I'll put it this way: I have never been a big Tommy Oliver fan, and this book is literally about him and his legacy, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's coming from I mean, someone his, who's... you know,
1: his kid, <laughs> his marriage. Like it, they tie up it, all the loose ends between when he's a, he was a ranger when he wasn't a ranger like, like they explained. him being can, you a doctor you can take the last like,
0: scene of that the most recent crossover where he and Kat jump into the portal and it's bye bye yeah. and pixel the dragon up and go okay this is what happens yeah like it's just the next adventure it, yep, it's what really do. good <laughs> I would <laughs> totally funny. agree um anything else
1: um I'm excited for the, the Miles title yeah again because it's 2019 title, I, yeah, yeah, title. Yeah. I haven't picked it up yet uh, but I'm I'm super super duper excited about that one um Three Jokers.
0: Oh, yeah. Holy God. shit. I know Jason Fabok's coming back for that. He is.
1: I am excited. Oh, man. And I'd... that is going to be a black label, a DC black label that will be canon.
0: Yeah. And I am... Yeah, they're publishing a black label because it's going to get yeah, fucked up. I am
1: <laughs> super excited yeah. about that because yeah. we've been waiting to get answers about the Three Jokers for like three years. Yeah. So, super excited. Um, also, um, what are they calling him? Batman Grimm? Um, the weird Punisher Batman oh that yeah, showed up yeah, the elseworlds yeah. batman yeah love me some of that shit I'm I, I haven't picked
0: up i haven't picked up batman who laughs yeah. yet
1: so i'm excited yeah uh because he's getting a solo in march yeah yeah so i am super excited yeah um because i'm all about like expanding the bat verse right i just
0: like, i, I love just, all the old the just good the old first batmans yeah. like um,
1: <laughs> i'm excited for x-men coming back in its original state holy fucking christ <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Ed Brisson, <laughs> um, who we have both expressed a massive, massive amount of love I for. I loved his,
0: his Iron Fist. Um, it was so good.
1: Brisson will be taking that, and I think he will do very good. I think his cable run was good, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Very underrated. Oh, absolutely. Um,
0: well, Brisson himself is just underrated. He's yeah, he's
1: another guy that's been a Marvel superstar that they're just like, here,
0: go. You know, he exists. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: so that, um, and then eventually when the milestone stuff comes up this year, because I know they're going to launch with Static. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, the second that drops. The second that drops, I'm, that drops, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> um And then uh, Which, Young Justice. Which, by the way, I
0: gotta say, that, that static comic you got is gorgeous. Whew.
1: Man. <laughs> um, and uh, Young Justice. like, this, Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that's... That's probably like my last big one that I'm like really excited, especially because we haven't seen a lot of the solicits past March yet.
0: Yeah, the, f- the first yeah. three solicits have the only thing they've really hinted towards is that we're going to explain how Connor comes back, and yeah. everyone's like, "Where's Connor?"
1: Yeah, everybody's <laughs> been asking where's Connor since Wally got back. Yeah, so they were like, "No, no, no, let us tell Wally's story first. We'll give
0: you Connor. You might have to wait a little bit." <laughs> Guys, we've been around seventy five years. We got a lot of characters. Yeah, we got a lot <laughs> of shit we gotta go through. Yeah. No, I, A lot of those are in mine as well I, I published on, on our website So if you can swing by hallofjoses.com you see the full list uh, of the top 10 titles I'm looking forward to in the new year But just to get kind of a highlight uh, Ruby Williams, Ironheart Yeah, I'm loving this book Only yeah. one issue so far yep. And we finally have a good grasp of her As a character, as mm-hmm. a definitive voice A definitive tone I am excited to see where that book goes
1: Same, yeah. Same.
0: Uh, Again, share your sentiments with X-Men I'm so glad to have it back where it belongs, <laughs> like oh boy, it's, it's been a rough couple <laughs> X-Men of years. X Men has been rough. <laughs> anybody, and I hate anybody it. who's been with us uh, with us from the beginning and has heard our resurrection episodes knows that it's been a hell of a time being Ooh an X Men fan. <laughs> 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 it has been rough. Um, I'm looking forward to the Transformers relaunch. Yes, that is. Yes, I'm really I was just talking about that yeah, it It's. Right. I'm, I'm curious because one, the the audience is ready for a return to Cybertron.
1: I think so too. And I think, and, and it's funny, I actually watched Transformers Prime um, before going to see Bumblebee. I'm to go back and watch that. And I was like, holy shit, this is the Transformers I want. 100% all the time. And then I go see Bumblebee and I was like, Yes, 100%, <laughs> 100% of the time. all the time. <laughs> Just cut the movie down by like 40 minutes and we're fine. Um, but give, yeah.
0: Give, bring back intermissions.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think fandom is ready for Transformers to return to form.
0: I totally agree.
1: Because I and I, I think...
0: I think the fan base has been ready for quite some time. Oh, yeah. No, 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 I, I no, no, think yeah. the layman is now Yeah. I think now
1: the overall is like, okay, like this... Uh, yeah. Um. But I think I think now more so than ever because I know Hasbro is kind of what well, kind of changed the way they have stuff going on right now because they doing a lot Rangers. of re, a
0: lot of reorg. Yeah,
1: they you know acquired Power Rangers. They're setting up different studios to take care of stuff. So All Spark is actually their you know Transformers, Transformers division. Yeah. D- division. So I know they want to relaunch and reorganize. this is the best time. Yeah, this is the best time. No, it's fertile I mean, We're we're going into and even without Bumblebee. We're going into a time where the Transformers stories for IDW will becoming very convoluted and very big and very uh, so yeah. it was it was very
0: just to read the end of their universe. It was oh, four cool. different titles yeah. and the miniseries Unicron yeah. event. It was good. I bad. tried it to keep up, but I'm like, I had to wait for the trade to come out. Yeah. I, had to, I, just... yeah.
1: I just gave up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it'll I, be a I good title agree. for this year. Uh,
0: another one I'm excited for is and I, I I never thought this would be on my list, especially after the last couple of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Nick Spencer's run on Amazing Spider-Man, I'm I'm excited for that because it's been the appropriate level of fan service. And what I mean by that is he's acknowledging what the audience wants, but giving it to them in a way that is not just you know spoon feeding. Right. There's a lot of damage control that's being done. There's a lot of forward momentum. that's I'm with you, I know, sorry, you guys can't see the look that he just shot me. I didn't know it, he was, it was possible to do a bitter beer face like that. Um, but there's a lot of damage control that's been done, there's a lot of corrective action that's been taken in the book, there is, now we're doing kind of a bookend piece to Craven's Last Hunt, which is unequivocally accepted as the the, the best Spider-Man story ever. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just, and the
1: fact that Far From Home is not Craven's Last Hunt hurts my heart, but whatever.
0: You know... I can, I, can I, I can wait. I can wait. I, I don't don't shoot your yet. I, I, mean, can wait. It's, it's, I can wait. I, I can wait. Mm. But those are the ones that I'm, I'm really excited for. Again, if you go to the website, you'll see the full list and some of my my thoughts on it. But with that, that's pretty much everything I've got for our episode on fandom. Unless you got one last salvo you want to shoot out the door, <laughs>
1: always, uh, <laughs> always. Um, Give me
0: an opportunity to rant. <laughs> yeah,
1: I honestly, please, because we're we're at a point. To where anything you say on the internet really hurts people. Yeah. Um, there's been, you know, and, and society right now is just super complicated as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've lost a lot of great creators and fans over the last five years. Yeah. Because of digital bullying, like yeah. it's it's a thing, dude. It really is like a thing. it's a th- it, because it, and especially like so for us, I think. Because we were raised in a different era, which is weird to say now. Oh, yeah. Makes um, you feel old. Thank you. Yep. Um, we are kind of, I don't want to say bulletproof to it, but we're kind of like, we're just like,
0: eh, you're just yeah. being a troll on yeah, the internet. Yeah, eh. yeah, yeah. We got, we got to be able to experience both this form of bullying and, you know, almost cliche
1: bullying. bullying.
0: Yeah. So we're able to differentiate. Yeah.
1: Where a lot of... The newer fans that are coming in, especially for us, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think it's easier for us to accept new fans because mm-hmm. we knew how hard it was for us yeah. to be able to go into the comic shops and the arcades and try and become a part of the group. Yeah. And you know, now that we are the stewards of said group, um, I think us, you know, anybody that's in you know their late twenties, you know, the, you know late thirties, we have a responsibility to make sure that these newer fans are fostered and treated the same way that we were. So when what we you're came. saying
0: is with great power comes great responsibility? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: And but, but it's true, man. No, it's because true. There's, it's very true. And I think that's where a lot of... We can stop a lot of the... The bullying and the toxicity and stuff like that, and it's not going to happen overnight. No,
0: it's going to be. It's going to take a bigger it's collective. It's going to take a lot of effort.
1: Yeah, and it's going to take a lot of effort, but I promise the effort to be worth it. Absolutely. And the community as a whole will be better for it because I totally agree. Because I think we're 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 at a shift in in nerddom now that I think if we don't do it now, it's too late.
0: Yeah, we're at a precipice. Yeah, when it comes to that, and I would totally agree. and and echo those sentiments we need to embrace each other as fans and celebrate what we love and enjoy instead of demonizing what we don't
1: yeah and that's what's been happening is everybody's demonizing something yeah and people go too far yeah and you know
0: we've both done it we've both been guilty of of overstepping it's just it's a natural element right now it's just
1: and even me like you were saying you know you you canceled you know your legion of gloom because of it yeah and you know even me like when i'm you know talking about anything that's in a fandom i'm like yo let me let me watch what i say like because you exactly. know whether it's yeah. in, in person or on the internet or whatever like sometimes i just don't even make comments on the internet. Yeah, like, like, Fuck that, and i don't, don't, yeah, <laughs> don't even want that because i know the effects that words can have on people absolutely and i think it's so much more important now to get that fact for new fans as you're bringing in people, so, again, back to my anime reference, when anime people bring in anime, n- new anime people in the clicks, we don't just be like, oh, you didn't watch such and such? Like, no. You didn't read, read the this, manga? Check like, this.
0: Borrow this. Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: No, dude. We're like, okay, start here. This is where it is. Don't, you know, don't, I mean, it's a lot. Like, yeah, it'll be some skin take yourself. In, pace yourself. Like, it's not, don't try and, like, catch up overnight. A lot of us have 20 plus years on you. Like, you're not... Yeah. You're fine. You're okay, and I think that's kind of what we have to do for the rest of comic culture as well, too. Yeah. You know, um, you know, even to an extent, like you know, video game culture. Even though video game culture, I think,
0: it's a, it's a little more easily accessible.
1: It's a little easily accessible, but the just online as can, toxic. Yeah, but it's also just as toxic. Um, but I think we that's have why to. Why don't um, play Call of Duty? Yeah, <laughs> uh, in both spaces. That's why I haven't played Overwatch in like six months. Um, but I think in both spaces I think we have to we have to get to a point to where we're not I'm not saying we have to handhold people. what I'm no. saying is that we we have to make it easier for people to love what they
0: We love. need to be good hosts
1: yeah and we haven't been.
0: yeah no I mean we haven't been. I, I, I think that we like going into your, your anime reference I had a, a co-worker that approached me because she she started like she started to get into the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, I'm coming into this I don't know what's going on. I literally, I took five minutes and, like, wrote down a guide. Hey, this is a, this is the chronological order. Watch yeah. this. This is where this happens. Like, just yeah. kind of a skeletal. Now she's, like, four episodes ahead of me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like,
0: what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you run the risk of creating monsters. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and that's, I mean, and honestly, man, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Like, you know, I have to do it at work a lot. Like, yeah. I, I work with a lot of salespeople that just don't know... Anime or just pop culture in general, and okay. I have to like—I literally have to like be like, okay, I'm going to give you as much as a crash course as I can. But I am here as a resource to help you if you don't get it. Yeah, and that's what we have to be more of, man. We have to start being more of a resource to people and less of trying to destroy people because yeah, they don't. There that.
0: should be less of a. She doesn't even go here. Yeah, and, you and go here, <laughs> and that's kind of the, the goal for, of this show for this year. Is like, yeah. I'm trying to become a better. Gatekeeper.
1: Yeah. And that's you know, and that's that's always kind of been, you know, me and Dylan's thing for Cerebral as well, too, is that we you know we have to we realize that there's so much of the culture that is confusing to people mm-hmm. or that people don't know. It's or not easy to Gunshot, get into. I it's, mean, it's
0: not easy. We both know the comics get confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Continuity, what? Well, um, uh, so
1: we have to do a better job of being for the culture and also protecting it because if we don't like if we don't protect enough of the culture it'll fade so like for instance like now video game museums are popping up and stuff like that because we realize that oh shit this entire time that we are creating this awesome medium nobody fucking saved anything (laughs) so now you know collectors which i love collectors have been a big part of like, hey, you know what, donating it to this museum. Or, you know, hey, I'm donating it to, you know, the Smithsonian or whatever. Yeah. Because we realize that we have to culturally preserve what's ours. We
0: grew up with these things always being a part of our life. So yeah. there was never any intent to, to safeguard because we, we got used to the idea of them always being there. Mm-hmm.
1: But life being as it is, and yeah. it being finite, <laughs> uh, we realized. yourself. Yeah. Uh, we realized that we had to start protecting more of our stuff, and it's yeah. it's even like that for comic books now. Like comic books are getting to a point to where we're starting to people really? are yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are grading more and mm-hmm. um, putting more into. National libraries. Well, I think there's an a issue with, with
0: grading. I would totally agree with the, with, yeah. the, with, the pres- with the 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 nature of including things in national libraries. Yeah. I mean, it's, we have to. You're starting to see comics actually being viewed more as a literary medium again, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Because Hell, how long did that... Watchmen? Stay on the New York's bestsellers list. I don't know. It's probably still there. It's, yeah, I know. I know it popped back up after the movie came out. Yeah, and stayed on there for a solid month. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I was digging back. Be- I was digging through my long box trying to find those original issues. Where is it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah.
0: All right. Well, that concludes our special on comic book culture and the nature of fandom.
1: Yeah, that was our. Uh... Or vocal opt-in. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> that was that was the vocal yeah. component. I, I, I fired the first shot online, and now we had to get behind the mics. Yep. So uh, thanks all for tuning in. Tune in next time. where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hall of Justice, and, of course, at HallofJostice.com. Lee, thanks for joining.
1: Yeah, man. Shameless plug. Cerebral Syndicate.
0: Check them out. We yeah. do a lot of a lot of crossovers with them.
1: Yep. We're always here. Yeah. Tip your bartenders.
0: Later.